almost blurs. It's your girl Dove Cat. I'm your girl Dove Cat. Dove Cat almost blurs. So it's your boy JB. JB almost blurs. And this is almost blurs. Hello everyone i do want to start this podcast off with an apology because if you were expecting a guardians of the galaxy volume three discussion you will not be getting it because your girl mm-hmm. had to be a parent this weekend okay mm-hmm. without telling his business you know because my baby does have boundaries let's just say that he was being a little bit of a doo-doo head and i'm not raising a doo-doo head so some things had to go and guardians of the galaxy was one of them because we were supposed to go see him together so that kind of pushed me behind, and I still haven't seen the movie. Hopefully, sometime this week, I can grab it, watch it, and go from there. And maybe the next time we record, we can, um, we'll be able to discuss it then. But if you were listening and expecting the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 recap, retelling, discussion, my bad. With that being said, yeah. I will gonna say, say that I did, I did see it. I did see it. I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there that I did see it. Um, and that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to judge her for not seeing it, but I did see it. Hold on. Y'all, we're having some technical difficulties, but we're going to power through. Okay? We're going to power through. I'm not sure how it's t- it turned into a we thing, because I'm not. <laughs> we are a team. We are a Although I can't say much because y'all, I'm using my new work computer because your boy got a new job and yeah, fuck PCs because this is just, this is not my life. Like <laughs> new MacBooks, they were my life. That's what I have. And I would be using it right now if for whatever reason, the one that I had, which is old as shit, by the way, and it still works very well. Turned on. I think I thought I was charging it earlier and I probably Everywhere. wasn't, but hi y'all. Hey. Welcome. Welcome back, and for the sake of time, because it's really late, we're just going to keep going right on through this. Oh, mm-hmm. our icebreaker. You go first. Do you have an icebreaker? Do you have anything from the internet that you've been, that's been on your mind? Not really. I did, I've been on TikTok lately. I finally got my algorithm back to where it needs to be, and I intentionally make sure I like every post that is comic book related so that it don't go away. Okay. But there's this... <laughs> There's this uh, this mom who has a toddler who is in a walker, mm-hmm. and every time she has her phone out, this little boy has picked up something, and he'd just be sprinting around the house in that walker trying to get away from her. <laughs> Those videos <laughs> take me down every time. I just posted, I think, another one on my Facebook stories because I've been laughing at them so hard, but... That and track season is upon us. So I've been watching a lot of track and field. I'm really excited to see that Sha'Carri Richardson is finding herself again. She's not getting so lost in all of the craziness and chaos that she was when she first went pro. So I'm happy for her there. And although it's not social media related, got back from Alabama. Just want to mention that this is the state of the world that we live in. While on the highway heading to whatever destination we were going to, I happened to look over at a a billboard. The billboard was advertising church gun training, church gun training. We live in a country where people are so fearful of the fact that they might get shot up in a church, that there's training for people to prepare for that. 
Does that not sound weird to anyone else? Also, we had a shooting here in Allen, Texas, Mm -hmm. where nine people were killed, including the gunman. Instead of saying, hey, we need to do a little bit more to not make these guns so accessible for people, they are blaming it on one, immigration, and two, on mental health and how they need to get better programs in place to help people with mental health issues. Let's stop there. So let's say it is mental health. So you recognize that there's a need for access to mental health resources, But you don't think it should be a requirement for people to be able to pass mental health checks in order to get a gun. Make it make sense. You're not trying to restrict these people. You're just saying, Mm -hmm. oh, if they're going through something, let's just give them a number to call and give them some help rather than saying, "Okay, you know what? These people may not be in a place where they should even have access to a weapon. So let's minimize the fact that that they can just walk in and get one. If they end up with a weapon, let it not be because they just walked up in a place and bought one without there being any checks in place to make sure that they are even qualified to have it. So that's my spiel. Icebreaker, go back over to you. (laughs) So two things for me. Okay, two things. And I wish that you were involved in this so that it could be a two-way discussion. But something tells me that it hasn't been clogging like clogging up your FYP like it's been clogging up mine. But that's no nope, no fear. I'm gonna let you know what's going on. All right, so two things. Um, if you're a Bridgerton fan, Queen Charlotte has premiered, I think, last week, and um the girls are going crazy over King George. They have a new white boy to obsess over. And the parts that I have seen, let me tell you something. There was a video, and I think I might have shared it with you, that said that Shonda Rhimes may have a fetish for interracial couples, specifically a black woman and a white man. But she can write the hell out of the script. I mean, that's what she does. Like, that's just her thing at this point. She, her way, as bad as it sounds, her way of trying to create a level of inner, like, diversity in some of her material is to just throw in an interracial relationship. And, you know, I ain't mad at it, maybe, because those people, those relationships do exist. But it's just like you said, it's it's very interesting that it's always a black woman and a white man. And I and I mean, and I'll say this because that's been an argument of, you know, even for me, and don't even get me wrong, like I will read now see this is and this is where it it's funny for me because I don't care about interracial dating in real life. I don't care about mm-hmm. seeing it on TV and I don't care about reading it in books, but it's just something about the storytelling, which is why I can tolerate Shonda Rhimes. It's something about the storytelling of a black woman writing about a black woman who's dating a white man as opposed to a white woman writing about a black woman who's dating a white man. I don't know, there's a difference. Some people may not see it, but to me that there is. But she, I mean, they're they're not wrong. I don't know if it's a fetish, but I also know because I do read so many books that that is a trope. That is interracial is a trope that people write about all the time. And mm-hmm. it interracial is anything that is not monoracial. So if it's not two black folks, or two white folks, a white person, there is a white person and a black person or an Asian person and a Mexican person. It don't matter. Interracial is a thing. Some of the most common tropes for the interracial that I see is the black woman, white male. And I don't know. I'm going to give Queen Charlotte a chance whenever I give Bridget in a chance, whenever that is. 
because for some reason I just can't sit down to watch it. Although my bae, Ray J. John, Ray Gay, mm-hmm. I know is the leading man in the season one and everybody was crazy about him. But the one thing that they did say about Shonda is she can, she know how to pick these male, male main characters. Mm-hmm. Well, she mm-hmm. is, not the ones that are following the season. So the brothers that are part of the Bridgerton family are not cute to me. They are just very, they are easily some of the most basic white men that I've seen, especially mm-hmm. when you have Ray Gay. Ray J. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this: he fine. I will say this: she didn't do a bad job on George. Okay, I see where she was going. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see it. I see it. They, she didn't do a bad job at all with him, and he's attractive and he can act. And you know how I feel about the chemistry. There's good chemistry between Queen and George. So, but you know, that's also because they always have to go through like an intimacy training. They make them get uncomfortable so that they can become comfortable right like, now, in they the first season of bridgerton when you watch them you think they doing it like <laughs> i was like and i think they said even when they were doing that they had these a small ball between them mm-hmm. to you know so they could still move and stuff but it, it was believable it was it believable. was, it was, yeah, it was believable. I will say even in the second that- season with the um the 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 oh, is is she Indian? She is. She is. First of all, she's gorgeous. Second of all, Beautiful. I believe I believed every bit of this sex they were having. Believed it all. I was just I was like because they had this for season one. It was like okay, they just they did a hate to love each other kind of mm-hmm. thing, and then when when they got it was just explosive. These people did not want. They wanted to be together, but they also didn't. They, mm-hmm. Because he was marrying her sister, right? Now, see, so it was like, it was forbidden, but I think that's what made it even more intense. Yeah. Like this ain't stuff that you' supposed to be doing. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with their story because of TikTok and how people love. They've dubbed them Canthony, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm familiar with their story, and I am going to watch because I'm. In, I want to watch Bridgerton before I get to Queen Charlotte. Because everybody has been saying how a lot of things made sense in Bridgerton with Queen Charlotte once they saw mm-hmm. her, you know, her series or whatever, her and Lady Danbury, all of them. So I'm going to watch that. But to that point about the chemistry, both of them, they had to do a chemistry read and both of them, mm-hmm. the girl and the guy, they were just like, when they came into the room, it was just like, she said it was kind of instantaneous. So I was just like, okay, sis, I believe it. Now, my second part has consumed me. And it's important, but it's dramatic. All right. I'm going to try to keep it brief because it's already late, but I just had to tell you about this because it has been on my mind. All right. So have you heard of Tarte Cosmetics? Has this come across your timeline at all? Mm-mm. Okay. Boom. All right. So Tarte Cosmetics is a makeup line that's been around for like the last 10 years or so. Right. However, the same company has had issues with race. Mm. By it being they don't have a lot of shades, most of their shades are for white people or their concealers, mostly for white people. None of their shades are inclusive. And it wasn't until people were pushing back that, you know, they were just like, well, we'll start having some of our deeper, warmer shades in the summertime, which I was like, but Mm -hmm. black girls wear makeup year round. But that's neither here nor there. Right now. So all you need to know about Tarte, this is a company that has issues with race in the past. Right. This weekend. They kind of got into some mess. All right. So stay with me. All right. We got three girls. Okay. Bria, Fanita, and Nike. Nikkei. Oh, it don't matter. Okay. She's trash. Okay. But I need to get her name right. Nikkei. Right. 
All right. So Tart was having a brand trip around the Formula One race in Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now, mind you, a week prior to this event, there was a girl who went on the brand trip with Tart. This is like last, like last week, and she made a complaint. Well, not a complaint, but she made an observation that the fact that, and she's from Bangladesh. She made a comment about the fact that her room was smaller. Mm-hmm. Her room was smaller than everybody else's. Um, and everybody was kind of telling, you know, well, you should be grateful that you got a chance to go, yada, 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 whatever, 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 right? So she come out and she's just like, you know, I haven't been doing this a long time. Maybe some of the other girls are more senior than me. She was just like, but she said, my room was nice. But in comparison to everybody else's room, it was not, right? So that was one complaint that kind of got brushed under the rug. This weekend, there was a black chick who went on this brand trip, right? To the Formula One race, but for, she got a, her stuff started a day before everybody else was supposed to get there and she leaves the day before the race, right? So she comes and she gets on TikTok and she's talking about how she feel like it's like some racism stuff going on because all the other white chicks, they had tickets. When she's talking to them, they had tickets for the event as well as they were getting in and all this stuff was going on for them, right? All right. You, that's the gist of it. It's a lot deeper than that, but that's the gist of what's happening, right? All right, so boom, she ends up leaving because she's uncomfortable. She doesn't really like it. She leaves and she comes to TikTok and she talks about her experience. Now, Tart enters the chat, right? Tart CEO wakes up and she does a get ready with me video, right? Where she's using their concealer and doing her hair, trying to seem real cool, right? Basically saying that this girl's complaints was a miscommunication. And that it wasn't a race thing. It was really just, you know, miscommunication. And she really kind of centered her and the company in it. Mm. And the apology was trash, right? It didn't seem genuine, what have you, right? So now mind you, homegirl Bree deactivated her account and she was gone because everybody was kind of gaslighting her, telling her she should kind of be grateful for the opportunity to be on this trip or whatever, whatever. All right. Enter into the chat. We got Fanita and Nick A, right? Are you familiar with Fanita? She's a big dark. I, n- n- I don't know who none of these people are. Okay. All right, cool. This stuff right, don't cool. pop up on mine. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. It's been on mine all weekend. I have been consumed by it and I have to share it and I know we have to move on. All right. So Fanita and Nikkei, right? So this whole thing has gotten legs about Tart, right? And black people are dragging Tart. Well, black people been dragging tart because they're not inclusive. They're kind of, you know, whatever. So I guess that ain't nothing new, right? All right. So boom, Fanita enters the chat, right? And but and if you know her content, you know she's boisterous, big personality. And she was just like, guess who's flying your girl out for my first ever brand trip? Yada, 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 tart. Now, mind you, Fanita is not a makeup girl. She's not a beauty girl. So why she's here in the first place, I don't know, right? Nikkei, enter in Nikkei. Right? I think she's the ringleader in all this, but mm-mm. anyways, so Nikkei enters the chat, right? She's concerned. Now, for context, she is a Nigerian black woman, and a lot of the negative things that some Nigerians are known for, like being anti-black, being the token black, all that good stuff. Okay, that's kind of what she's portraying on the internet. That's kind of what her content kind of, she says her content kind of circles around quiet luxury, but she's a disgusting human being. Some of the stuff that she said is just trash. All right. Now she's famous. She claims she's been influencing for 14 years. I've never seen her and I've been on the internet for a long time. Right. So like maybe a year or two ago, she was getting scammed by this agency that was supposed to be representing her. Right. 
thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. And she gets on the internet and she's all upset about it, right? And she's not really happy with black women because she felt like black women didn't come to her aid. That's important for what's going on right now. Okay? All right. That being said, that's come what on, happened. Black savior mentality. She said, all right. <laughs> y'all was so, supposed to help me too. But go ahead. So Nick A, here comes Nick A, right? She was just like, oh, there's no way that the company could be racist. I know the girls who work there personally. So she claims, she gets into the chat, right? And basically she's saying that, she didn't say the girl's name, but she's basically like, she should be grateful for an opportunity to go. You know, when I was coming up, when I was going to New York Fashion Week, I used to sleep on trains just so that I could be in the space. And she's going on and on and on, right? So she says that she calls the people from Tart. She texts to say, you know, I just want to check on you guys. I know that you're not racist. Just trying mm. to check in how you're doing, right? So she claims that one of the Tart girls was just like, can you come to Miami? She was like, can I come to Miami like right now? The girl was like, yeah, come to Miami right now, right? Mm. There's two black girls that they have picked up who weren't initially invited to this event. But now all of a sudden they're in Miami because old girl is not here no more, right? So then Nikkei and Fanita... Start bashing Bria. Bashing Bria. I'm, I'm talking, I mean, talking about her bad, talking about making videos and stuff like that, all that good stuff, right? And they start getting big heads about it too, right? They bashing her, um, accusing her of being a liar, saying that they've seen her contract. She was lying about her contract. Maureen, this, that, and this, that, and the third, right? What's crazy to me, what's crazy to me is that I picked up immediately is that neither one of y'all are beauty influencers. Neither one of y'all put out content for beauty. It's a red flag to me that y'all there in the first place. Mm -hmm. So y'all coming out here and y'all bashing this black girl and saying that this black girl owes you an apology because she didn't defend y'all when everybody was coming after y'all. And y'all saying that they came after y'all because, you know, you're dark skinned and black and you're a woman. And I was just like, you know what? In some situation, that could be the case. But we're not going to sit here and act like you just weren't bashing this other black woman. And siding with a company. They don't give a damn about right. you. Because when people were dragging y'all, where was Tart? Not defending y'all. So now everybody's talking about Tart and y'all three and the way that they kind of pulled the strings and y'all were bashing on this black girl. They were bashing on this black girl so bad, calling her a liar, calling her this, calling her that. She came back and basically said that it was a miscommunication and that, you know, something was going on in the email, the wrong email got sent, whatever, whatever, whatever. Point of the matter is, miscommunication was on Tart. Tart should have handled that appropriately. And everybody's saying that Bree probably signed an NDA. She probably shared some stuff that she didn't wasn't supposed to share. And they felt like she was kind of being pressured to say what she said because of a lawsuit threatening and stuff like that. And I just want to say this, that it has been a whirlwind for me to listen to. It bothered me so bad that these other Black women would bash this black other Black woman. One, without knowing her. Two, not knowing the situation. Three, demanding an apology because people are dragging y'all, rightfully so, for being trash human beings. Mm -hmm. And then this company who don't give a damn about black people in general, period. And y'all defended them like that. And what's crazy is that what I haven't seen are the other black girls on this trip. They ain't saying nothing. It's real quiet. <laughs> they probably would tell them not to say nothing. Like, look, y'all going on this trip. And the one thing I wouldn't have cared about them going, right? Because the, the big girl, Fanita, was basically saying that at first she didn't know. But when she was on this video with the other girl, she claimed the girl was lying. So she said when she got the trip to go, she didn't know what the previous situation. And she kind of, of course, her little apology thing. It was trash because, of course, you can't do an apology and then be like, but 
Right. This, 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 that. It don't work, right? So she's come out with an apology that's trash. The other girl, Nikkei, is standing 10 toes down in her craziness. She is a, yo, when I tell you she is crazy, she called herself the Harriet Tubman of social media, opening the doors and leading the way for black girls to come behind her. And I'm just like, oh. sis. It's, it's, I'm t- when I tell you homegirl is on something, homegirl is on something. I don't know what's going on, but that's it for me because I could go on and on. But it was just, when I tell you I have been consumed this weekend with like watching all that mess unfold, it has been insane. But that's it. Yeah, that's, that was nowhere on mine, but it's also a mess. <laughs> and I'm okay with that not being on mine because I don't, I spend most of my time watching comic book stuff, pimple popper, Ugh. and funny children. That's it. That's all I do. So. Okay. Have well, oh, that little huh? boy getting tackled on the track and field—that's what I thought you were going to go when you talked about. Oh yeah, I saw that today. And so, uh, what is he doing out there in the first place? Exactly. Uh, and then they screaming and stuff. Be screaming at the parents who let this little boy jump on this thing, and not one person went out there to get him. Be screaming at the fact that he was there. Why are you there? And if I would have, I would have bowled that little bastard over <laughs> been flying because I am entirely too competitive for me to even stop. And I would have been just like that boy that hit him. Like, no, because this team is winning and I'm not about to stop because you decided you're going to let little Tommy jump out here on this, this track. Like we ain't trains coming down a track. Like, no, mm-hmm. I bet you he won't do it again. I bet you next time you have his little ass in the stands, like he's supposed to be. I am a firm too bad he got to learn the hard way. Yes, I am a firm believer believer that life will teach you everything that I cannot, and life mm-hmm. got him. It got him. life comes at you fast. He came at that baby mm-hmm. real fast because he was yeah was over. Homeboy didn't even stop to see if he was okay. Not at all. Did not. Okay, Damn. so y'all. We're going to go ahead and move on. We are not going to be discussing the book this week because we originally said we were going to push out the book because we were going to be watching Guardians of the Galaxy, but then Dove Cat had to be a parent. So a good yes, parent look. at that because it would have been me. I would have entertained yourself for two and a half hours. I got somewhere to go. <laughs> but so we're going to go ahead into blurdy news. I am going to start. I'm actually going to start with Marvel this time. So just because I really want to talk about this part. So first of all, the writer strike is starting up. Well, it's already going on. I stand all the way here for all of the writers who are striking right now. I thought I read up on why they were striking this time. One is sad that they have to strike every time in order to get what they are more than deserving of having. It's actually really sad. Two, I thought it was really cool to see Quinta Brunson out there striking with everyone else. And three... I am terrified because the the right there have been multiple writer strikes over the course of my life, but the one that I remember more than any other one in the world is the one that impacted Heroes. <laughs> Heroes for anyone who somehow does not know about the show, and if you have never watched the show, please go back and watch it at the very least the first two seasons because it does go to shit after that. But Heroes is a show where people just started to realized they had powers like someone learned that they can fly there was a girl who basically was indestructible like and the whole first season played off of the one quote save the cheerleader save the world you don't remember that's how they promoted they whispered it it was save the cheerleader save the world 
the whole time because you had no clue why what was happening and there was one character who could see the future it was a lot of stuff but it was exceptionally good because people like me who love shows like x-men this was like as close to a x-men show that wasn't x-men that i would ever get and everybody was acting amazing that's when i fell in love with ali larder when because she played nikki and jessica who were like nikki was i think was it Nikki the regular one? And then Jessica was the alter ego who had powers? I don't know which one it was. Either way, it was an exceptional show. And then the writer strike happened. And I don't know if, well, basically the show was put on hold the whole time that the writer strike happened. And then when it finally came mm-hmm. back, it went to shit. It was absolutely oh, wow. terrible. I watched it anyway because it was because I was so invested by that point. But the quality of the show was okay. did not... It just went straight down. So I'm terrified because one, this writer strike is is impacting a movie that we feel like we should have gotten a long time ago, Blade. Because we've been wanting, we've been wanting Blade. We got the announcement of Mahershala Ali being Blade. We got his voice because it actually wasn't even him in Eternals. Like he was not on set for that. And now it is impacting a TV show as well because uh, Daredevil, Born Again, is being impacted by this as well. This also means that if there are any reshoots where they have to, you know, film again, write up some new stuff that would impact anything that we have not gotten yet. Like, I think they're still talking about Echo. Yep. So there's a lot of things that we're, the writer strike is impacting. Give these people their fucking money. So don't be playing. Give them their money. And give the people what we want and we've been needing for a very long time. Pay these people. Like it was somebody on TikTok who basically, I can't remember in specific terms what the amounts were, but they were like for shows that were in syndication or something on TV, they might get like 14,000. But when it goes to streaming, it was like 800. It's a huge disparity in cost that these people are missing out on because a lot of people are opting to go the streaming route rather than go on TV, which I think that they're able to get more on TV because of, you know, commercials and all the other stuff. But still, give these people the money they deserve. Stop playing in their faces like they weren't going to realize that they were not getting the money that they should have been getting this whole time. I just think it's interesting that the you are literally paying for people's creative juices. You are literally paying for their know-it-all, their knowledge, their skill, their talent. Because if you don't have this, then your shows, whatever, your series, whatever, go to shit. Because you need them. So you pay them. I don't understand what it is. And it's just like, it's not like y'all don't have the money. Capitalism is... I say this all the time and I haven't said it lately, but I'm going to say it for the sake of this podcast. Capitalism is going to kill us. We are going to die under the weight of capitalism. Figure it out. I don't understand. It's not that hard. You pay these people what they worth. Pay them. Because it's not like y'all need them. Which is why Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me that y'all wouldn't pay them. Yeah. Pay them people. That's all I got to say. So that's the main reason I wanted to mention Marvel first, just because... We know for a fact that they're being directly impacted by the writer strike now with DC, since James Gunn is at the helm of a lot of the new material that's coming where he's going to be writing it. He's probably writing it anyway. It's not going to bother him. But I just think it was very, it sucks (laughs) because we want Blade. We've been wanting Blade. But since we're talking about Blade, 
it has been announced who the villain of the Blade movie is going to be. A lot of people were believing that it was probably going to be Dracula. Turns out it will actually be Lilith. And Lilith, uh, let's see. I excited about that. I've well, I don't know Lilith in the comics, but in any iteration of any show that I've ever seen where Lilith is there, Lilith be coming through fucking shit up. And I'm all <laughs> here for a villain that's gonna be here to fuck some shit up. Um, a lot you of people are really excited about it too. That she's villain. going to be doing it. I think Mia Goth is going to be playing the role of Lilith. Mia Goth, Mia Goth is known for me. I know her more because of the A24 horror movies like Pearl X. They were like, you know, like slasher movies. I don't know that girl, but they were okay. like, but they were like really, really good. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that she might have been in that you might know her from. If it's scary, it ain't, I'll never see her. I'll never know how talented she is. No, she's done other stuff that wasn't like scary. I just know her because of those scary ones because I was all the way in for everything horror. But yeah, background: she is her mother's Brazilian, her dad's white, but Why she's she's from London. Mm. But yeah. So there's that. I sent this to Dovecat earlier this week. There's a whole bunch of videos that you sent me. (laughs) John Bernthal is officially training. They showed him shooting his little firearms and things like that, which we are definitely here for. Thing that I enjoyed most about this video was the fact that the original Punisher was also in the video. Can I just say... That I'm aware of the original Punisher. I've never, I don't think that I've seen the original Punisher. I could have, but it's been so long. I don't remember if I have or not. And I do, I do remember him putting on the jack. I, I remember all of that, but I can't really remember if I've watched the movie. However, it doesn't matter. John Barenthal is my Frank Castle. So the previous one is awesome. Great. But like I said, I've said up here before, I am sat for John Bernthal. That is my Frank Castle. And that's, I mean, there all there is to that. All right. That's it. I'm ready to see him get back out there, though. Like, what kind of storylines are they going to do for my boy? I don't know, but they better make him be as ruthless as he's been. Because otherwise, I'm not going to want it. He is perfect as the Punisher because they allowed him to be the Punisher in all of his. Now, I, mean, I, I will say this. I will say this, okay? And I trust the actor more than anything when it comes to these types of things. He said that the only way that he would come back if it was right, mm-hmm. he was still able to be as crazy and as ruthless as he wanted to be. He said that he would come back. Now, our boy is back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's trying to get a Disney check or if he's trying. they want to kind of... I would love for Marvel to kind of expand his character in the actual TV, Marvel TV cinematic thing that doesn't have anything to do with Netflix. I would love to see them expand that. So I don't know what they got going for our boy, but I trust that it that he is as ruthless as we want him to be if he's back. If he ain't, then I'm skipping it. Okay, I'm lying. I I'm gonna watch won't it. skip it. I will watch <laughs> I'm it. Lying. Um, and I have so many opinions about this final episode but that's neither here nor there we'll get oh, there yeah. yeah we'll definitely but get there i'm ready to see john you ready to see john oh do you know i am i am all the way ready so while we're in marvel um so i didn't really want to talk about it but it seemed it's becoming more and more apparent this is probably going to happen 
Jonathan Majors, I really do think that they're going to end up recasting him. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to wait it out, but I think that they've already planned it. They're probably already in talks with someone to replace him. Whew. Wait till you see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The high, the guy who plays the high evolutionary, who was also in um, Peacemaker, mm-hmm. dear God, when I tell you this man is performing. Okay, so you know we were like praising Jonathan Majors and Ant-Man yes. and the Lost Quantumania. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I preferred him more. There's this moment in there where he has this out. Okay, this I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm going to create the picture for why you can see how much more dangerous this man is. The high evolutionary's character is basically someone who considers himself a genius. His his whole he has he has convinced one line in the movie that he said, someone said something about God. He said, I became God because there was no one. Like that's how he like he looks at himself as in y'all were praying to God, but he ain't do nothing for you. But I've been doing this like that's his mentality. So there are moments where his character, you, we know that he's you, doing these experiments on animals. His whole goal of doing that, he's trying to create the perfect being so he can create his own world. You wait till you see when he sees that rocket is fucking a genius it was like there was a part of him that was marveling at his genius but there was another part of him that was pissed that rocket was smarter than he was and and but you wait till you you have to see it because he is like going off on rocket and the, the rocket that he's going off on is like child rocket this isn't the rocket we know. This is the rocket who just really is learning things. Like he's he's learning from the high evolutionary at this point. And he brings him into the room. He's like, basically, he's created this chamber where he's trying to um, speed up the process. Rocket looks at this thing. I ain't going to go into more, in more detail. He looks at this thing and sees it instantly. What's wrong? Like, Instantly, he looks at it and points exactly at the piece that is messing up the whole thing. And he goes away. When this man finds out that Rocket was right, he snatched his little ass about that cage, threw him in that room, and was going off. When And that was just the first time you see this man lose it. When you see this man lose it every other time, it's like, I feel like I was just stuck. I was stuck. So Jonathan Majors was great. Jonathan Majors was great. We know he was great. We've loved him since Loki. He did amazing in Quantumania, despite the film not really leading up, living up to the expectations a lot of people had for it. This high evolutionary, that man was working that. Wait till you, I'm telling you, you, you go, when you see his first real outburst, like I was, I was literally getting scared for Rocky. I'm like, damn, you just created him. You about to try to kill him. Like calm down, and you can see Rocket is freaking out. He's terrified. Okay, let's stop. I'm already sad. I'm already sad because Rocket. I'm sad. Let's go. I'm sad. But there are a lot of people. Not saying that this is going to happen, but there are a lot of people that are speculating that Marvel could find a way to try to make him a king, a king variant. And when you look at how they both think, I could actually see it. I could actually see it. But it was. Wait till you see this man act. 
that I, I think I put it in my review that this character, this villain is probably one of the most terrifying villains because he literally thinks he's God. Like there's, you know, Jonathan Majors, I think in Quantumania, he thought he was God too, but he also knew he had limits. Mm-hmm. This man doesn't believe he has limits. And anytime something isn't perfect and his mind was like, just kill it all and start again. That's his mindset. And we have to move on because mm-hmm. I'm very upset right now. Does he get what's coming? Does he? Okay, good. Twice. All right. Twice. Okay, good. Because the version that you're introduced to in the trailers that has the little skin pulled up, that was a result of him getting it the first time. <laughs> Whew, I don't know. I mean, that scene by itself is going to have you like, I, I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to say anything else. That scene when he got his the first time, I said, well, damn. <laughs> and then the second time, don't get on TikTok. Be careful on TikTok because someone has posted the entire scene of him getting his. Um, like I was going through the scene and it's like an action sequence. And yeah. Okay. Well, okay. How I, many yeah. um, so, in So be scenes? careful. Two. There are two. two. Um, one of them is... I think more important than the other one. Okay. Yeah. I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. There's like three in that movie. <laughs> I don't remember. I watched it on Adam the plane. Warlock there was, was like, Adam Warlock was one. There was one where the guy was trying to whistle with the thing and it flew into Drax. And there was one other. And I kept like, I was my flight was about to end. I'm trying to get through the movie as fast as I can by that point. And I was just skipping through them like, well, it was like the credits started and then the scene started and then the credits started again and then the scene started and then there was the one at the end of the credits. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. I really wish we could talk about that movie. I know. <laughs> but we will. Responsibility. We will yeah. But I, I think you are going to really like that movie. Like, I, don't know. I think that you. I already you, feel some type of way about my yeah, because you're going to really like that movie because I think that every character who's ever had a moment in any of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies that's in this film has a moment of some type of closure. So you, and that's why I thought it was weird how somebody claimed that they felt like they expected more from the movie. I'm like, no, this movie did exactly what it was supposed to do. You have all these characters, all these characters now have chapters that are closed so that they can start new uh, chapters depending on whatever their closure is. And the action sequences were dope. The human, to me, one of the downfalls of the second one was that sometimes it was like they were going for, we got to be bigger and funnier. So some of the jokes didn't land as hard. Mm-hmm. I think they learned from that because this movie was funny, but it wasn't forced humor. The humor that was happening was funny. It fit every one of the characters. And this movie really does tug at your heartstrings. Like the whole time I was watching, I was thinking of you because you said that one of the things that you loved about the Guardians movies was that there was so much heart in them. They had the most heart. This third one. I'm going to be crying. Okay. Oh, you will. Knowing you, you will cry. I got emotional. I did not cry, but I know someone who said they cried multiple times watching the movie because there are multiple scenes where you would cry. But that that damn rocket, he going to get you in your feelings. His friends are so cute. They, they're so cute. Did, did you see the, the scene that they released before the movie came out where they were talking about how they were getting their names? Yes. 
and I didn't watch all of it. I was like, these little babies are so cute. I don't want to get attached. I already know I'm going to get that attached. That damn rabbit. That rabbit was a mess. Somebody said, I'm going to call myself Floor. I'm laying on the floor. <laughs> I saw that part. Yeah, but, oh, wow. But oh, Rocket okay. specifically said in that clip that he wanted to, he was naming himself Rocket because he wanted to be able to build a spaceship and be able to fly through the sky with his closest friends, Lila, Teefs, and, and Floor. Yeah, he said Teefs. I wonder, like we know, and that's probably why he's so cynical because of the life that he kind of, how he started, the life he led. He just seems so hardened. Like when we see him in one and two, but then and also what he it went through. It makes so much sense. Oh, it makes so much sense why he's like that. And then what he went through with, with Endgame and all that other good stuff, like that I could get. You know what I'm saying? And I was I was like, dang, how did Rocket get so? When I, when I tell you, they tell a story and it makes every bit of how Rocket is make so much sense. Like you, if I went through what Rocket went through. Mm-hmm. I would feel a type of way. Like, I think he even, what did he say? I think they even, hint, they watched, they, there's a scene, I think it's a scene in there. I can't remember because, you know, I watched volume two shortly after that. Mm-hmm. But there was like a scene where they basically said that what he went through was worse than what Nebula went through. Oh my God. Okay. Let's move on before <laughs> yeah. I start asking questions. I cannot wait for you to watch it. I That was. Someone made a post and said that this was probably the best trilogy that Marvel has done. And I almost believe it because I was leaning there are other trilogies. I'm not I'm taking the Avengers stuff out because no. They don't care. But like Captain America was great, but I hated the first movie. Trash. But Winter Soldier and Civil War, Chef's Kiss. Especially yeah. Winter Soldier. Oh, that was a good film. Good ass film. You got you got Iron Man. Iron Man one and two were great. Iron Man three. Yeah, it was a little extra. Trying to make pepper pots a thing. No one asked for that. We don't like pepper no pots. No one asked for that. We got Thor. Dark World for a lot of people does not exist. They had to create a whole different trilogy to try to make it. <laughs> it was like, let's add in a fourth Thor because Dark World, yeah, we ain't going to include that one in there. Ragnarok was the best one. Sorry, guys. I know a lot of people didn't mm-hmm. like Ragnarok. I know my my husband didn't like Ragnarok, but I thought it was probably, to me, it was the best. Yeah, and that scene I, where I, he's... Riding through there on that daggone at the end when he done lost his eye and he's riding on that lightning bolt. Are y'all serious? Anyways, go yeah, ahead. that that was dope. I'm trying to think. What are this is another trilogy? Is that, are this the only trilogies? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, we got Ant Man and Ant-Man, I fall Ant Man solid. I think you know how there's a strong okay or a strong good, but not like exceptional. That's Ant Man to me. I won't. I don't think any of the movies are bad. But they they're also not top tier. They're not above so many. They're not ranking up there with some of the other good movies. Mm-hmm. But they're good. But this Guardians to me, Guardians Volume Two is probably the weakest of the three, just because I didn't like the forced humor. But that damn baby Groot stole it, didn't he? Stole it. One thing I'm going to tell you about this one: this version of Groot is the strongest version of Groot that we've had in any of the volumes. And you will see why from the moment you see the first opening sequence where some stuff happens to right after that. And we can talk about it when you see it. But okay. once we talk, you, you watch it, 
I'll explain to you why I think this is the strongest version of group that there is. Um, I'm excited. I really am. Hopefully I'll be able to see it this week, you guys. And whenever we record again, we'll have to talk about that off because I'm going back home to see my mammy. And um, so well, I guess we got to figure it out. But I am, I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm really excited for you to watch. I think you're going to, you're going to enjoy it. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Just everybody had a moment. Every single character had a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Gamora, she had a moment. Everybody had a moment where I was like, you know what? These are some of the l- most likable characters that Marvel has ever given us. It's seeing everybody's evolution, Mantis's evolution, Nebula's evolution, even Star-Lord acknowledging that he's the reason why they couldn't beat Thanos. <laughs> and you know they, what? They released that in a clip too, by the way. I'll say this. Okay. Mm-hmm. DC, y'all can hire me for consultation if you want to. Even though I know absolutely shit about your comic books, I know about movies. And this Guardians of the Galaxy is a great case study of how you introduce characters people have no idea about and making them great and people falling in love with them and wanting more from them. You see how that works when we're not mm-hmm. fascinated with Superman, Batman, mm-hmm. Aquaman, and Diana, Wonder Woman. I mean, I, I hate to keep bringing it back, but that, that's, that's why I'm glad they're bringing in like the authority. They're bringing in people that no one knows anything about because Guardians, James Gunn has shown that you can take some characters that no one knows anything about and make people want to know more. You can make them like, well, look at Peacemaker. Boy, let me tell you something. I couldn't stand his ass at the end of Suicide Squad. I'm still kind of iffy, but you see what that man went through and it kind of, you know, brought me to his side. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm curious. Because a big thing for James Gunn is his musical selections. Usually what he's listened to while he's writing kind of goes into his goes into the movies. I'd be real interested to see if he's going to bring that same kind of situation to DC. Or is the tone too dark to provide the levite that James Gunn's provide? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that he's going... I don't... I think he's going to intentionally try to make sure that he's not going the super funny route, Mm -hmm. but I think he's also not going to try to go Zack Schneider dark either. I think he's Mm going to do that happy medium. In fact, if we're going to be honest, when you see it, volume three might be a good blueprint for that because that film is kind of dark. It's deep, dark, and sad. And then there's still humor sprinkled in there too, but it's deep, dark, and sad. Like it's it's sad. Y'all can say what y'all want about, and it sounds like to me, Guardians probably would have fit right in with the tone of Phase Four. What do you think? Since you've seen it, and from what you've told me, do you feel like the tone? I'm not talking about how good it was or how bad it was. I'm not talking about any of that. But the tone of the movies and the shows that we got for Phase Four, do you think that Guardians would have fit in to what we got in Phase Four? Honestly, I feel like it would have fit in more in Phase Four, not because mainly because it is a direct continuation of the last time we saw them mm-hmm. well thor because you know in thor they flew away in the beginning oh yeah, after yeah, yeah dropping him off but it's a direct continuation of that because you know gamora out here doing whatever because and that was one of the things we were wondering where is she at we find out immediately where she was all this other stuff. So i think it would have fit better in phase four i don't think it's as dreary and sad like it's sad there's no doubt it's sad. But I feel like it's definitely not Black Panther sad. Oh my God. But it is That was a perfect ending. Sorry. Yeah, that Rocket's history is is bad. 
baby. It's bad. And you see the you you see why he is the way he is. And you also can understand why when he did be- get start getting clingy with the guardians, why he cling he was so clean. Mm. Like these were his new friends. These were his friends. Mm. I, but anyway. Okay, so for DC, DC has a new movie coming out, animated movie coming out. The DC animated movie is called Justice League War World. It has been reported that War World would be given an R rating due so the rest to of them the type of R? bloody. Mm-mm, due to the, uh, not all of them. Okay, so these are the only animated DCAU films that were rated R. Suicide Squad Held to Pay, which we haven't watched it. Constantine, Constantine, City of Demons, which we have not watched yet. I don't think. Mm-mm. No, could we watch? Justice League Dark. That one was rated R. And then we haven't watched Justice League Dark: Apocalypse War. That's the one that I told you is like in game on steroids. And then there's also a short called Constantine: The House of Mystery, which is rated R. But all the other ones are just like PG thirteen for violence and language. Tell you something. If the Flash Flashpoint wasn't considered rated R, hmm. with Arthur and Diana humping while his wife was in the vicinity and her head rolling down the thing, <laughs> considered rated R, then I don't know what it is. That was the hmm. messiest. Yo, that was the messiest one out of all. I cannot believe the audacity of men. Well, wait till you see. Wait till we get back into those movies, which I feel like we can now. Very soon after Guardians. Punisher, because uh, Punisher is done for us. We're going to be watching Titans. So we can be doing Titans and the animated movies. I have to figure out where we stop, though. The last one we watched. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to tell you now. So we stopped. Was it the one where we watched the Judas Contract? Uh Uh-huh. I think we're actually on Suicide Squad Held to Pay. Is that what we're doing? No, watching did, next? Wait, did we watch? Su- we did watch Suicide Squad Held to Pay. What was happening? Is that the one? Yeah, trying because to get- that was the one when uh, Vanessa Williams was Amanda Waller. Oh, oh, and they were trying to get the thing because she was trying to save her life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To make it so okay. she didn't go to hell. Mm-hmm. So we wait. Did we watch the death of Superman as well? Yes. Oh, so we're on the reign of Superman. Yeah, you wanted that one. You wanted to watch that one next. Yeah, we're on the reign of Superman. I actually think I watched it already. You are trapped. You have, because you told me that it yeah. was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because after that, technically, hold on, let me make sure we're doing the right one. Universe. So yeah, after Reign of Superman, that leaves us one, two, three, three remaining films of the DC animated universe that they had as a part of that group. Mm-hmm. And then we can move on to the newer ones, like the one that you want to see so, so bad. With the babies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so there's that. Apparently, The Flash, which is a movie that we won't be seeing, but apparently The Flash is one of the most expensive DC animated, I mean, DC superhero films ever. The, the most expensive one. I hate this thing. I feel like we may have talked about this already. It was $220 million. It's number six in their list of expensive films. Okay. Black Adam was $260 million. Can we talk about how visually they must not have used that money towards the special effects? It had to have been to pay these people because while I did love Pierce Brosnan, um, when he was fighting at the end and he had all 
it didn't even look close to being real. But so so there's that. Okay, so they're claiming that Wonder Woman will still be appearing in the Flash, even though there have been reports that she wasn't. I thought that we kind of knew that. I feel like I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just not interested in Flash. I'm just trying to report the news. I'm just trying to report the news, but the Flash, me, not there. But I will say the CW, the Flash, it is closing in on this final episodes. It is. A lot of people have been saying that this final season has actually been good. There is only There are only 13 episodes. The final episode will be airing on May 24th. So I may go back and watch all of them. These episodes just I started watching them to catch up just so I can see the final season because I was a dedicated Flash fan. This is season nine of The Flash. The Flash was on for nine seasons. Now, granted, the show was a spinoff of Arrow, but I would say that The Flash was much better than Arrow after a while. So because the Arrow was good until they started introducing supernatural things. I think the thing that made Arrow good in the beginning was that it felt more Batman-like. But then you start introducing people who have magic and stuff like that. And that's when things kind of went left. So, yeah. And one last thing for DC. So, I don't know how to say her name. Palm Clementiev. We know her as Mantis. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, she is one of the people that has been talking with James Gunn about moving to the DC Universe. Universe. We don't know what her role will be, but she's been she's almost the one person that we know confirmed that might be there. She's definitely saying that there's been some talk conversations that are taking place and she won't say what character, but she said that, you know, it's in progress. I mean, let me tell y'all something. He he James Gunn likes who he likes. That's on mm-hmm, period. Mm-hmm. If there's a character, excuse me, if there's a character that he has created or he has in mind. And he feel like you'll fit it. That's it, and that's all. I mean, that's I mean, how we got the high the evolutionary. Guy. Yeah, huh? that's all I was about to say. The high evolutionary. He came directly from Peacemaker, and he came and asked him, "I'm doing this. Would you basically? Would you like to try out for it? Because I think he didn't give it to him. I think he had an audition for it. Of course, with all everything going on with um with Marvel and the casting directors, I guess they had to make sure that it was right." But, I mean, if he likes you, he will reuse you. And he loves mm-hmm. his wife. And we're going to see her over and over and over again because he's humping her. I'm, I'm sitting here reading what, what's his name? Chuck Weedy? Chuck Weedy? Chuck Weedy? It sounds like you're saying Chuck Weedy. What's- Chuck Woody? C-H-U-K-W-U-D-I? I don't know. But I was just happening to read how they were describing the high evolutionary he said the high evolutionary is a scientist specializing in creating hybrid creatures and rockets creators seeking to forcibly enhance all living beings into a special race. He described the character as narcissistic, sociopathic, but very charming. Added that there was something very Shakespearean about him and there's something very emotionally dark about him. And he's a lot of fun on top of that. And he said in order to prepare for the role, he listened to his character's taste for uh, classical music which in the movie, he does listen to classical music in contrast to the American rock and pop songs that you normally hear in the movie. He said that he likened the high evolutionary to a space version of Dr. Moreau from Island of Lost Souls, a film that Gunn is a huge fan of calling him a detestable character. He said that Gunn referred to the high evolutionary as the cruelest MCU villain to date uh, the franchise has ever seen due to how negatively he negatively impacts on the lives of Rocket and his fellow subject friends. 
while the guy who played him made sure, along with Gunn, to avoid giving the evolutionary any sympathy, unlike previous villains like Thanos and Killmonger, which is, you know, because I think as people, when we look at these villains like Killmonger, Thanos, um, what's um, Zaddy from the water? Uh, <laughs> Namor. <laughs> yes. We Namor. all listen to them and we all were like, hmm. Yeah. Well, he got a point. There's I mean, no point with the high evolutionary. You will not side with anything this man says. Nowhere. <laughs> you know what it is, because you know people love animals more than humans. Yeah. Oh, he's. They say that this character, single-mindedness, narcissistic, and zealous personality, like the most horrific figures in history, has <laughs> have been shown to be. He is the terrible. This man is terrible, and it ain't even just because they animals. This man's thought process is just whew, that. I can't wait till you see it. But anyway, that's all. I looked at some Star Wars stuff. There was not too much that really stood out to me. I've been hearing that the video game is good. That came it out. Um, but I keep seeing commercials. Oh, it's already out. It's already out. It came out maybe like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, I would have gotten it, but it's single player and I just didn't want to. You want to play with your so, friends? Yeah, it seems like a... like. It's a game. That's why I didn't get Harry Potter. Aside from the fact that I don't like Harry Potter, I felt like it would be a game that would be more fun as multiplayer because the whole premise of Harry Potter is not just about Harry. He got two friends that be up his ass all the time. Why can't we just play as a group? And they don't even have Sky Soccer in the game. Like what? So Quidditch. Anyway, sure. Whatever that is. Oh, God. Okay, so homework. I'm going to let you choose Titans or The Punisher first. Because it's fresh on my mind. Okay, so we watched the season slash series finale of The Punisher. It was episode 13. It was called The Whirlwind. Thoughts? Since it's fresh on your mind. It was a fucking whirlwind. Okay? <laughs> I was wrapped up in that beach. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good finale episode. It, it was a was. really good finale episode. Talking about how that the way that it ended, they could see a season three, and I was just like, it seemed like they tied it up very nicely to me. Yeah, because to me, it was like Castle went back to doing what he was known for doing. I'm like, at this point, ain't nobody gonna be looking for Punisher. <laughs> like, hell, Madani reached out to him to try to get him a job, and they were like, nah. she knew what he was out there doing. Oh uh, yeah, she don't care because she knows that the people that he's killing aren't the best. Mm -hmm. So that's how she's able to sleep at night. Now yeah, she's, he, she's been saved on numerous occasions by this man. I, it's just like, at this point it's like, look, if he wasn't the person that he was, you wouldn't be here today. Right. So talk I, it up. Yeah. I can understand it too. Let me tell you something. Fantastic. Sam's finally came around. I'm glad about that. <laughs> Cause he was getting on my damn nerves. Okay. What else? Oh, what's the black friend? Charlie. Curtis. Curtis. I wanted a two-piece Curtis. <laughs> when he just took the... Took the <laughs> oh, I wanted to fight him. I wanted to but fight him. But at the same time, I got him. I understand. Like, man, I ain't signed up for none of this shit. I want to go home. <laughs> I would have been the same way. Like, look, here we go. I'm just telling. I'm that done was, I like to think that that was the actor bringing his blackness into the role. Mm -hmm. Because I think any of us would have been like, when he leave, I'm taking your ass back home. We wouldn't have been there. It's like, we brothers and stuff, there. but look, I'm not about to sit here and die, and we ain't even in the service no more for you. No. And you know what's crazy? Is that 
Frank understood it. He wasn't even really that upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a little mad at Curtis because I was just like, Curtis, you putting that girl life in jeopardy. And you know that, but you didn't care you were ready to go home. That's why when he got that phone call from Billy, I was like, good. That's what your ass get for interfering in something that you had no business interfering in. And then we saw how that turned out. <laughs> okay, so let's go back. Okay. The Pilgrim and Castle inside this little hotel. or this, this, They just shooting through the walls and everything. And I was waiting for the moment that Castle was just going to dive through the wall after all them bullet holes. I just right? knew it was coming. And he definitely... <laughs> I just I was like they gonna kill each other they were evenly matched mm-hmm. evenly and you know what Frank probably could have beaten him had Amy Ashley Amber minding her business to stay in from she gonna start walking slowly out in the hallway first of all you hear all them gunshots you really think you need to be in that hallway I'm sick of you her. really thought that in that hallway was where you needed to be because you got this shotgun? He saw her she for got, half of a second and had already taken the shotgun from her. She got some balls on her. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I was like, this girl is dumb as nails. Right. Right. Just dull. And then dumb and dull. the dumbass doctor. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He's going to he's gonna come back for me. How, girl? girl from the no. day? You going to jail. Your ass is going to jail. He ain't going to write you. you she won't. No can't visit. Her career over penis. Mm-hmm. In a psychopath who has no concept <laughs> or connection to anybody, really. You risk your career and your life. Because if I'm being honest, I thought Billy was going to kill her. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he felt like trash after killing those women. Because I think for him... I think women are like a line. Because even in the first two seasons, or the first, wait, how many seasons they have? Two. Two, right? Sorry. In the first season, we never see Billy kill anybody. I mean, any women. And in this season, you see him, I think killing those women bothered him because he kind of felt like they didn't have to be killed. And I thought that he was going to resent the doctor, which is why I thought that he was kind of patronizing, kind of threatening her when he lined the bullets up. I thought for sure he was going to be like, he was going to take her out. And I just... She thought they were match made in heaven and they were going to live forever together. I just can't get over her. Like, I was just like... Madani was... Let me tell you something. Madani gonna throw salt in the wound now. That's what, that's one thing Madani gonna do because she's petty. She gonna throw salt in the wound and she's gonna rub it in. Mm-hmm. She went to that woman's hotel, I mean, hospital bed and was just like, you see whose blood is on this shirt? Not mine. Not mine. <laughs> Nah, man. Mm-mm-mm. Bitch, who you with? Okay. Oh, and about the doctor. Oh, what's up? The, the doctor, as soon as he passed out, he put his ass in the dumpster and took the money. Oh, like, oh he about to take his money. He about to take I his said, money. I said, you know what? I ain't even mad. I ain't even mad. He was like, you need to go to the hospital, dog. He passed out. I don't even know if he took the rest of the bullets out. He left his ass the same way he he was. I was like, I said, oh, bounce. All right. I was just like, I'm gonna tell you what though. I'm tell you what though. The parents' demise clapped a little it. bit. I love clapped it. a little bit. That's trash. I clapped a little bit because at first she was about to pull the knife, which I kind of knew that she was because they were kind of you know focusing on it. Mm-hmm. When she got shot in the back of the head. <laughs> I was not ready. I was on the flight. That thing happened. I said, ooh. <laughs> I jumped. 
Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, I was like, oh, because I thought maybe. And then, you know, he still had a lot to say, too. The husband was still fussing. I was like, this dude got balls on him, too. Because, see, that, see, that's what happens when people have money and mm-hmm. access and power. Mm-hmm. You think that you are untouchable and you, my friend, are not. And your raggedy mm-hmm. ass wife, you're not. And mm-hmm. I thought that Frank was going to kill the pilgrim. I think once they started having a conversation and he said something about his kids, that's when he realized this was probably somebody he could get through to. But also he was, I think he was getting through to him when they were like, they were fighting because it was just like, he was like, you're a loose end, which I knew, I knew that they were probably going to try to wrap that shit up. And I think that was a plan all along. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were already using his kids against him. They were using the kids to threaten him to do what they did. So he knew that everything that Castle was saying was accurate. They probably yeah. would have got killed the kids just because they're all attached to the same family. It's like, let's get rid of all of them. So I think he knew that if he didn't make a decision, it wouldn't even be about him anymore. It was like they probably would take out his kids, too. Oh, now see, I don't know if they would have gone that far only because they were talking about how they could have taken them. See, my thing, I I felt like they would just because how how do you suddenly explain how you got two kids in your house that were with a whole family? Like he had, they They had a mama and a daddy. I'm sure they would have found a way. And I think the fact that Frank found out that he had kids was kind of just like, I mean, if you think about it, having children is really your only saving grace. Mm -hmm. Because what you call it hit him? That's how the Russian dude was able to survive, even though he mm-hmm. ended up dying. He had that daughter. And then the same thing happened with Pilgrim and his two sons. He was just like, he has my two boys. And he was just like, that made Frank kind of feel some type of way because he was just like, his babies were taken from him. He wouldn't knowingly take a parent or whatever away from the kids. If he know that you got a child, because I'm sure when he was shooting on them cartels, I'm sure those men had babies and he didn't give a damn about them. Mm-hmm. And then when he realized, I mean, he understood that the pilgrim was working for somebody. I don't know. I'm glad they were able to work, work it out. I thought mm-hmm. he was dead. I, he survived. Frank got his ass beat though. His face was messed up. Oh, they were, they were wearing each other out. Wearing oh, them. Oh, I said, damn. Y'all just really went at it. But um, but I think that was it. Madani, Fantastic Sam, Curtis. Mm-hmm. What else? I'm glad we didn't see Karen ass. But um, I don't know. It was a good ass series. I'm a little upset that it, we not gonna get no more. Well, do you know that people claim they didn't like this season? Family member might help if you want me to protest something. <laughs> no, girl. But they claim that. Fans were torn in this season between the undeniably action-packed fun and the underwhelming portrayal of Frank Castle. They felt like he wasn't written in the way that they liked as much as they did in the first season. And then Daredevil, I thought that it just expanded on everything that I liked about him. Yes. And I love that this season focused on how he was trying to run away from who he actually is. I think that's Mm -hmm. why the series started off with him trying to leave that life behind and it ended with him being right back where he started because this is just who he is. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but you know, people will find a way to complain about something. So 
I thought it was a great season. I thought it was a great series. It was Agreed. it was just great all the way around. So whatever. John Berthal, you are that dude. Ben Barnes, you are also that dude. You played a psychopath like none other who met an in a very deserving demise, but a demise <laughs> nonetheless. I thought we were going to get some poignant monologue from Frank. You know, you took my kids, you did this, you did that. I, we are no longer. I thought we were going to get that. And so did Billy Russo. Frank said, no. Mm-hmm. Clack, clack, clack. Mm-hmm. I said, no. I said, oh, oh, oh. This is what it is. And he walked out. Like, he walked mm-hmm. out. And I said, Frank. Mm-mm. It was a mess. But a good-ass show. I don't know what y'all be expecting from shows. I really don't. They won't. They, they just... People just can't be satisfied. I it was a great show. They did the damn thing, and it just makes me even more excited about what we're going to be getting with Marvel actually controlling things. Hoping to get something that's just as ruthless. My hope is that we'll get that same type of content because we know they're going to be moving into like rated arc type of content with D- Deadpool three coming. It only feels right that they keep this with something like the Punisher, where that's that's him to his core. And making that type of change is going to impact the story, like everything about it. Like, mm-hmm. stay true to who he is, and it'll be good content. That's all I'll say. Oh, also, 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 it needs to be said, Marvel. If you're going to be reintroducing the Punisher, we do not need his origin story. We are well aware of what's going on with him. If you want to give a new story like you're doing to Daredevil about Frank, mm-hmm. as long as you keep it, he lost his babies and his wife. and He's been killing ever since. And he helps the innocent and the people who can't help themselves. If you start from there, I think we'll be fine. We do not need a retelling. Matter of fact, we don't need a retelling. We don't need him having flashbacks. We don't need him. <laughs> we don't need any of that. We don't need to see him having flashbacks and having sex with his wife. I don't, I don't. We don't need to see none of it. You can just literally, if you want, you can just open up that door that he he went in and catch him walking out and start it over again if you like. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and, and we can it. go from there. We can go with him going back to New York and having interactions with with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. We can see him having some issues with the Italians and the and the Irish. I can see it. Okay. Okay. I can see him going head to head with a lecture weird ass. I can see it. I guess Let's we'll make see it work, John. We'll John Barenthal. All right. So that leads us to Titans. Episode eight. Dick and Carol and Ted and Corey. I did not understand why it was named this until I finally watched this episode. Um What was it called? Y'all, Dick and Carol and Ted and Corey. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to just go, I'm going to start this off with this. Dick Grayson, Thickums, we love to see it. We love to see it. In fact, it literally looks like Dick Grayson got a little bit of that COVID weight on him. And I'm here for it. I'm here what for it. That? He probably hates it, but Dick Thickums. Yeah, the people what they want. Okay. Jesus. Hey, Seuss. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are your thoughts? This episode, it seemed a little short. I could have been wrong. They're still trying to make Tim and the scientists a thing. And no one asked. No one, no one. And um, I'm all about the queer LGBTQ representation, but can it make sense? 
I really thought, and I got a little excited, that when he was leaving to go back to the hotel because he was trying to find Corey's signature and he was kind of leaving him by himself, you know, with his feeling, I was, or his feelings, I was hoping that that was the end of them. But then he came back trying to help and I was just like, man, fuck you. Right. I just, I'm not a, I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of whatever they're trying to make happen there. Just not. Um, I don't understand how they got Raven. Not sure. They got Okay, so it's not just me. I was confused about that. Well, okay, well, they tried to explain that they still held her in that space or wherever she was inside of that building, and someone came and took her. Because I think someone asked that, and they were like, they had her, and then someone must have broke in and taken her, and that's how they got her. But they definitely should have showed us that, because I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, it went from her telling y'all that she's the daughter of Trigon and stuff, to the next time I see her, she's tied up in a chair. And I was like, yeah. And I mean, but this, I guess they were trying to do the same thing with Corey and Dick when they woke up in the bed together. And mm-hmm. um, they were just like, well, how we get here? I'm like, sis, I don't know how y'all got here. And I'm going to tell you something else. Dick, Grayson, <laughs> I'm sick of you trying to act like you don't care for Corey. I'm sick of it. I was trying to figure out why they were acting like if they did sleep together, it was a bad thing. Y'all done it before. Done it before. And y'all want to <laughs> do it again. I'm like y'all Dick, been trying. Baby. Y'all been wanting to bump uglies for a while. He know they he want didn't want to have sex with uh, Hop Alone when they messed around like that. He he knew that he wanted he wanted um Corey. He knew that. Let me tell you something. I'm I'm sick of him. Like what is gonna happen? It's gonna piss me off. Is when we get to this where she has to almost die or change or whatever to be to to save the universe. He gonna be like, oh, but I love you, and I don't want to mm-hmm. hear it then. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it when she about to die. Okay, Dick, I don't want to hear it. I'm so angry with him. It's like y'all been flirting this whole time. You've been telling him the kids can't. You sit let in her the sit front. in the front seat in your car as soon as you got it. Exactly. <laughs> and she was just like, she said something. He was like, you always, you can always ride. You always gonna have a seat, sis. And he, even in this mm-hmm. one, he was just like, he was like, I'll never leave you. I'm like. You've been leaving her. You've been having my girl Corey in the cold, <laughs> thinking she's feeling by herself when she's not, and I'm sick of it. I don't even like slow burns in my romance novels. You think I want to put up with it in a TV show? <laughs> Ugh, I'm sick of them. And the show, and it's ending. See, that's what pisses me off, too. The show is ending, so whatever we get is what we get. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad with them. And... Mm, but I'm trying to think of what else but, that's relevant let me see. to the show. Why they get old girl eyebrows? Oh, the mama? Yeah. Why she got eyebrows now? I think because they in this this fantasy world where suddenly she got them. Let me tell y'all something. I was looking at that too. I'm like, where, where do these come from, sis? Because you ain't always had them. Mm-mm. I think that it's important, you guys, that you know that you cannot trust a white woman with no eyebrows on TV or in the real world. I said what I said. I don't trust nobody without them except for Whoopi Goldberg and um, Viola Davis. Let me tell you something. When every time Whoopi say that she don't have any eyebrows, I be flabbergasted. Because you got to look at them again like, oh, girl. (laughs) I never noticed. And I think a lot of it, she would wear glasses that would kind of be covering up her face. Like the same thing with like RuPaul. A lot of times when RuPaul is filming, he don't have eyebrows either. But the big glasses be hiding it. And I think he kind of draw his in. But Whoopi don't be drawing hers on. And now that she don't wear glasses no more, she need to. 
And when she told them on the view that she didn't have eyebrows, it was like they suddenly were like, "Wait, you don't?" She's like, "Yeah, you you think I do because you know where they're supposed to be, and you know they're gonna that that skin and stuff is still gonna move up and down, but no, no eyebrows." The girl, the girl that be sitting beside her, Sarah, whom I love, she's one of my favorites. She was kind of like, "How could I miss that? I sit beside you every day. You're my favorite person." She was like, "I'm in your dressing room all the time." She's like, "Why don't I know that?" Mm-hmm. Man, when she said that, I was just blown away. Man, and I love Whoopi Goldberg. Let's give her her flowers now. Mm-hmm. I love her. I, the way she be talking to those girls up there, I love it. I do. But anyways, back to Titans before I go on a tangent because I'm getting sleepy. Let's see. I'm trying to see what else. Lady with the eyebrows. Oh, did do we you know? think the mom actually knows? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I think we're about to talk about the same thing. Go ahead. I was about to say, did we know? Oh, do you think that the mom knows that if they killed Raven, they could kill him too? I don't think so. I don't. Because she still had them people trying to kill her. Exactly. And she thinks it's because, she thinks it's because, because he don't have the heart for it, which I kind of think is why he kept kind of cutting her and why he was kind of looking over there at her. But- I was wondering, do you think it has something to do with the fact that she has Trigon in her, in her little stone, and it kind of prevents her from? Don't she got? Don't ain't her daddy in the stone? Well, I I think it's just because she literally is his blood. That too. Like they, yeah, they all, they both are the only two people right now that have his blood. I just don't know why they are connected in that. Do you think it's because he took her powers? Or that thing, that staff that they used took her powers? Because remember, Maybe. in the last season, he took, that's why she went white. Yes. But she said, she also said that when she got her powers back or they started to come back, she said they were mine but felt different. Maybe because there was mm-hmm. an exchange there. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't can't know. Get over that part it. is interesting. I was looking at that, and then he quickly was like, "Yo, so I don't, I don't think he would have killed her in the first place, because no. even before all of this, he he exhibited human traits. He he was he was a lost soul. He was a lost soul, and like he said, he wanted to feel like he belonged." And she was like, yo, if you do, you're going to still be alone. Like, she don't care about you. And she doesn't. To me, she doesn't. And she's like, her using her own mother was the perfect example. Like, my mom was willing to sacrifice me just so that she can get close to Trigon. It sounds like that's the same thing that she's doing, too. I mean, think about the people that she double-crossed to get to where she Mm -hmm. was at. I mean, Mm -hmm. since minute, she's just trying to be humping with Trigon, fake-looking self. But... right. I will say that I wish they would have explained Raven getting into the gym a little bit better. I wish they would have explained the connection between them a little bit better. The city, I wish they would have explained the city a little bit better. Um, I get that they were in another dimension, but uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, see, that was that was the thing that kind of confused me, too, because when my mind goes back to the first, that last episode or last season, we didn't really get that. Where the hell is Gar? They still ain't talked about it. Oh, Gar well, first sentence the of the... The first sentence of the next episode on Wikipedia says, okay, well, first of all, I'm not even going to read it. The episode, the next episode is called Do Where's My Gar? So they wondering the same thing I'm wondering. Where the hell are you? <laughs> I wonder where so, he at too. Yeah, they say also, he wakes up in a cavern on ca- ca- uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. So somehow he's there. I love me some Gar. Did you know that he was the voice of the little boy in My Hero 6? Is that what it's called? I didn't. With the Michelin Man? Yeah, he's the voice yeah, big, of the boy. Big Hero 6? Mm-hmm. I, what did I say? Mini Hero 6? What did I say? I think I you said I said My Hero. Oh, and, yeah. And Babyhead's going to make an appearance. 
I think they're going to try to bring back as many people as they can to say they're going to be closing it out because, you know, there's going to be a crossover with Doom Patrol. And I think there's also a a crossover (laughs) with um, Stargirl. I think you said that. As well. Um, mm. But that was, I thought it was a decent episode. There were some plot holes in some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Oh, were you freaked out by the dude with the blood being drained to power of the city? Okay. So can we talk about that? Because that, that still <laughs> is throwing me because I know that humans don't create that much blood like we ain't got that much blood in our system what i was really really confused by that i didn't yeah that just threw me a little bit i was like maybe it kind of works like dialysis is it gets what it wants and then filters back into him and filters back out i don't know i will say this though one thing that i actually did enjoy which they didn't blatantly say but as a fan and as people who've been watching this you know where it came from how dick was able to withstand everything as long as he did i mean this is batman training right there this is all a part of what you know the type of stuff like batman is the one who can fight these things more than anyone just because of how he has trained and the people he's trained under for his entire life so just watching how starfire flipped not immediately but you know, when she did, it, she was gone. Like, they weren't no bringing her back. And then he would have moments and he could still fight it off. And they even yeah. said that they were shocked at how long it, like, it was taking for him to, you know, officially turn over. I will say this, and which is why I guess season two was a, I, was it season two or season three that we got the backstory about the Titans? Like, while we're in California and they lost Aqualad. Two. two? That thing was too. Um, which is why I couldn't understand. He hated Bruce so much, but so much of what he did was, or what he does, how he kind of detects and stuff, is because of what Bruce has given him. Like since he's mm-hmm. kind of come to terms with that and accepted, Bruce did the best that he could with what he had, considering that he also had a whole bunch of trauma too. Then you see how he uses that, like in his everyday life, as like a titan as well mm-hmm. as like a detective. Yada yada yada. And to that point, I have a question. Do you mm-hmm. think that Lex Luthor sent him on a goose chase or to get them kind of strung up and out the way so Connor can make his move on on Brother Blood? Did I think who? Bruce? Connor. Oh, maybe. But that somebody tell him to sit his little ass down somewhere. Like, he want to be bad so bad. I don't know when he's going to come to the conclusion. That's not who he is. I'm sorry. Like... He's, and I think that's I think that's what they want us to think is that he's trying to put and fit into these shoes that don't really fit because they're not for him. And like I said last week, I really just want Connor to kind of come to some middle ground, be as ruthless as you need to be when you need to be, but also know that you can rein it back in and be a decent human mm-hmm. being. Yeah, he he's stuck believing that he has to be one or the other. He hasn't reconciled the fact that he can exist using characteristics from both of the people who made him. And I'm or wondering make up him. Right. And I'm wondering who's gonna bring him out of that. I think it's gonna be Corey. For some reason, I don't think she's making it to the end. Oh, you think she's gonna die? I think she's gonna die. Mm, I mean, that would be that would be something I wasn't expecting. So <laughs> I mean, only because I think that she's going to die. Or maybe she, they didn't say that she would die. They did say, and they want us to think that she meant die. But she was just like that she would be different than how we know her now. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know what that means, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be pissed when they come to their conclusion that they're in love with each other and they want to spend the rest of their life together and she's going to end up dying. I'm going to be pissed about that, but Dick has nobody to be mad at but himself because he refused to fall for her or go after her. I think I'm hoping that she can, Corey can talk to Connor to make him see. Cause I felt like that was intentional having her be the one to go to jail and check on him and make sure that he was all right. To then later kind of do the same thing with reconciling Connor and Clark. Mm -hmm. I mean, Connor, I mean, Connor, Clark, and Lex reconcile those two together. So I don't know. I'm ready to see Tim in that Robin suit, though. That's what I'm ready for. I was looking around, but yeah. I I don't know if you saw my face and me kind of frowned up and kind of shake my head. I, I saw something that. It just feels very much like I'm a, okay. This is going to be a very random but targeted question. Mm-hmm. When did when did Starfire get her blue power? Was it at the beginning? Uh, was it at the end of last season? I think it was. Or was it sometime in this season? It was at the end of last season because this was when they. This was before she got on the Winnebago. Okay. Okay. Then that makes sense now. Now. Well, friend. not that there's, she... there's an episode called Project Starfire. And that's what I was wondering. Yeah, the episode that just aired. Yeah. Well, no, no. That's what that's what got me because it says Project Starfire, and then I saw Project Starfire in the description, so I read the line, and I was like, because hmm? I don't. You think her? I don't understand. It's the writing. The writing. They're gonna. Obviously, we haven't seen all this other stuff, so I'm not sure yet. But the writing makes this line makes no sense (laughs) to me. Okay. Okay. No, it does not make any sense to me. How did he know this? Yeah. Let's not go there. I have so many questions. So many questions. And hopefully they explain it. Otherwise, I'm gonna have a very. I'm gonna be upset. I'm gonna be pretty perturbed when we get there because it does not make sense to me. But anyway, so next week's episode is going to be called, Dude, Where's My Gar? I'm ready to see that little baby. Mm-hmm. And what's our other bit of homework? I'm letting you choose. Oh. And will it just I be guess. you watching Guardians? Yes. And then Hopefully. after Guardians, we can get back on track with the book. And we can also, I guess, just finish out Titans before we start okay. a new movie. Okay. Okay. Don't so, yawn. I know I'm tired, y'all. It is 10:51 my time, which is 11:51 her time. Um, so it's time for us to go ahead and shut this down. We love y'all. For That's real. our homework. I just, I'm like, we can wait until next week, two weeks from now. <laughs> if you want. All right, you, you guys. We about to go. We will talk to you guys next week.